Hello, welcome to Pursuit of Relentless podcast. You have Elena, your host here, and I am super pumped. Today, I have a lovely lady named Barbie Engel with me, and she is going to tell you all about herself, but we connected through Podmatch, and I was just like, oh, this lady. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm really excited to get an opportunity to interview her. Um, I'm going to dedicate this episode to my mom, who has been dealing with chronic pain for a couple of years now, and uh, it's been quite an interesting process for sure. Just healing and like constantly working on herself. So thank you so much, Barbie, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to finally be able to be on your show and to share with you and your audience. And I really appreciate that you have chosen me to be on. I'm glad we connected. Thanks so much. Yeah. It's just funny because like my mom's name is Barb too. <laughs> okay. So I was like, oh, it's perfect. And I just got off the phone with her and I was like, I'm actually interviewing a lady named Barbie. And she's like, oh, that's lovely. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I'm dedicating yep. the show to you. So tell us about well, your business and how you got started. Uh, my business is actually a nonprofit. It's International Pain Foundation, and we do education, awareness, social events, and access to care. So a little bit of something for everybody, whether you're the patient, the caregiver, the provider, or just a member of the public wanting to learn more. We have information for you. We have seeds to plant that can grow into fruitful trees that people can use to help them with their everyday living. Cool. That's amazing. What got you started in that world? Oh my goodness. I am a pain patient myself and uh, shout out to your mom. It is very difficult to live with chronic pain and to thrive and, and keep going. And, um, and so I know what she's going through because I live it and go through it myself. And that's what got me started in this. Uh, every year, our family would do a family project and um, we sit down at Thanksgiving and decide on the family project. And then um, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we go out and do the project. Um, we like to be human doers instead of human beers or human beings. And we, um, one year, um, the year after I got diagnosed, my brother and dad were like, well, let's do something that helps other people that are ha having these same challenges as Barbie. And um, my dad said, if we're going to do this, we have to do it right and turn it into a nonprofit. And it was just a small family nonprofit at that point. And now we grew into an international pain foundation, which helps patients from all over the world that are going through chronic pain challenges and uh, as well as the whole chronic pain community. Mm, that's beautiful. There's so yeah. much need for that in the world. Uh, what are the stats? I think you, you'd mentioned that before. Sure. One in three people in the United States lives with a chronic pain condition and one in five worldwide lives with a chronic pain condition. So that's about 1.5 billion with a B people living with something that is causing them pain every single day. Even if it's just little, like, so I do physio for my ankle and my knee and uh, my shoulder. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this and this and this and this and this. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So they say, they say chronic pain is anything longer than three to six months. So if you're having to take care of something is long-term within three to six months or longer, which I'm in, you know, 20 something years now living with chronic pain, it definitely um, needs tools, resources, attention, and uh, can take over your life if you don't get that and don't pay attention to your health and your well-being. And 
uh, know how to navigate the health system. Let's stay on that topic a little bit yeah. more. Um, navigating the health system, A, and B, taking care of yourself first, because if you're not focusing on healing what you're dealing with, it will just keep getting worse. And like for someone who has degenerating muscles, for example, like if you're not using your muscles, you're going to lose them. And sometimes right. you have to push yourself through those painful moments. And it's like, okay, yeah, my ankle hurts when I do certain things, but all I have to do is, you know, stretch after or put on some CBD oil or, you know, something like that. Your that's going to help me. Yeah. You go to your toolbox and you see what is in there. They can help you and you go ahead and, and you use those tools. And it's going to be slightly different for each of us. Even if we have the exact same diseases, even if it's your twin sibling, it can actually affect you in different ways. And you might need different tools and recognize that, that, that it needs to be individualized care. And one of the things that helps me get through that um, and pay attention to my well-being is uh, I use the analogy of energy pennies. Like people that are healthy, they don't have to check their penny bank. They have energy pennies for days and they they can do what they want to do. For people with a chronic condition or, or something that's affecting them long-term, we only get so many pennies a day and we have to decide how we're going to spend this energy, whether it's going to be a couple of pennies to take a shower or it's you know cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner, doing the dishes, cleaning up your house or going to a doctor appointment or a family function. All of those take energy pennies and you only get 12 a day. So you have to figure out how you're going to spend your energy pennies so that you don't set yourself back for the coming days. That's so important too. Like if you're not taking care of yourself, ugh, it just, it snowballs at yes. that point. And I found a lot of my pain personally went away when I got fit because I was using the muscles that were, um, oh, what's the term? Like the, well, there's like pain pathways. <laughs> so when your muscles are used to it, if your pain pathways are used to pain, it's going to constantly give you a signal of pain. Even after the injury is already healed, you're still getting that pain signal. So if you found a way to break it through exercise that works for you, and that's a, again, another tool in your toolbox that you can use. And, um, you know, each person has to figure out where their boundaries are. I test my boundaries a couple times a year as to, okay, I might not be able to climb this mountain this time, but in six months doing little little things leading up to it. Will I be able to do that activity? Will I, will I be able to do whatever it is that my, my goals are set out to be? And I test those boundaries as I go to find out, is this a, a good thing to be pushing for? Or um, should I adjust? Should I change up what I'm doing so that I can live more life and, and stay active as possible? It's really important to be a doer instead of just a human being, be a human doer. That's how, how I like to say it, because that's what we're here for. That's our purpose on earth and and if we're out doing what our purpose is and living our life to the fullest that we can and sometimes that's i need to spend the day in bed or a few hours in bed so that i can go out and spend those energy pennies sometimes it's i have the energy pennies to spend let me live life in this way and um being conscious of that and consciously thinking how can i be a doer today what can i do to live more life to to have more fulfillment to take care of my well-being it takes action and if you don't put in action you don't get anything out. It's just like a bank. If you put in something into the bank, you're going to have something to take out. But if you're not putting anything into the bank, you're not going to be able to take anything back out. Exactly. And people, I think, struggle with that a lot because if you're not actually going about it in the right way, it just keeps getting worse and worse Great. and worse. And then you just keep spiraling downwards and downwards. And you're like, where can I get help? Like, what do I have to do? What makes me feel good? Like those are right. things that we have to be asking ourselves. For me, it was exercise, right? Once I got the weight off, I was in much less pain. Yes. I 
to end up in the hospital because I was so obese that I could barely breathe, right? Because I'd have such bad, uh, like massive, crazy muscle spasms to a point where like I would be in the hospital and they'd think that I'm there for the drugs. And I'm like, please tell me what's going on with me. I don't want your drugs. Like what the heck is happening? (laughs) You know, I'm in all this pain and I shouldn't be, you know, I was a young, a young woman. And I was like, what is going on? And of course they just prescribed me painkillers and uh, anti-inflammatories and and that, that can work for some people, but you know, looking at your pharmacogenomics, is that right for you? It's not right for every person right. and it, it can be wrong for some people. Mm-hmm. For some people, if they get a certain medication, they are able to live more life and do more yeah. for other people. If they get a procedure or if they change their diet or lose weight, I've totally transformed my diet through the use of microbiome gut testing, as well as pharmacogenomics testing. And um, I've lost 24 pounds recently. And I um, did what I noticed the most, not necessarily it affecting my pain levels, but I've stopped producing kidney stones and um, had less seizures Yeah, just by changing my foods. It's amazing what these tools, that, like the same tool that helped you works in a different area than it did for me, but it still was able to help me and benefited me in a way that helps me live more life. And that's what we're in the constant search for. What is it? And there's not one thing that gets you there. It's a combination of things. Uh Well, and I think something to understand is the word disease, for instance. So like I have a good friend who suffers from fibromyalgia and she's like, some days I have good days, some days I have bad days. And like, if we if we book a walk together and she's having a bad day, we have to reschedule because she needs a nap or something. And I'm like, good. Yeah. Take care of yourself. That's, that's awesome. And I hope tomorrow you feel better. You know, exactly. Just with, with this interview, with this podcast, we had scheduled it. And I was like, on the day we were supposed to tape, I was sick. I was like, I literally cannot do this. I I got a um, gastrointestinal virus. No, I don't, I don't know how or where I, I'm pretty isolated from COVID and, and yet I still got sick. So it happens. And our body, when you live with something chronic, it attacks you sometimes. Some days are better than others as your friend experiences. And, and so you just don't know what you're going to face, but you can be as organized and prepared for it as possible. I think that starts with childhood education. It's something I didn't get when it came to health. Why do you think that is? I think our society is just not planned and prepared. We are taught that the person in the white coat knows everything and just go to them and they will make you better. And there's actually responsibility on the patients for what we can do in between between appointments and what we can do. And if we educated our patient, our students, our parents educated their children about navigating the health system and the responsibilities we have for our own well-being and how to do that. Um, I had a family member that was sick and I was trying to teach a 10-year-old how to get a a warm compress. And he he brought a soaking wet towel in and was like trying to put it on, on my family member. I'm like, that's not what warm compress means. How did we not teach this person what a warm compress was and until it was an emergency situation where this was needed, it just never got thought about. But those are the types of things that we should be teaching in health classes as we grow up so that when you become an adult or at that stage, you're a 10, 11, 12 year old and your parent needs help, you're able to help them 
through that crisis in that moment. Yes. What are some of the things that you feel are like mandatory in everyone's toolbox? Healthy eating, drinking water. People do not drink enough water. When you're healthy, you should be drinking half your body weight in ounces. So if I weigh 120, I should be drinking at least 60 ounces a day. So we have pounds here in the United States. So if you're listening from other countries, you can do the conversions, but about half of, of what you weigh is what you should be drinking in ounces. And that's every day. And some people are like, oh, I hate water. Add some lemon, add a little flavor, uh, you know, something, some zest to it, but get that water intake in. It cleans out your filth. It cleans out your kidneys and your liver and filters your body. So that is a major one. Setting up an oasis, having the tools and things around you that are specific to you. For instance, by the side of my bed, I spent about seven years uh, bed bound and wheelchair bound. And so I would have a go bag, but I would also have right next to my bed. I would have on my nightstand the things that I needed to get me through the day while I was in bed. Or if I was up and out, I could always come back to that one spot because I kept it all in my oasis and all of my tools that I could fit there were right there. Whether it was a stress ball or Play-Doh to play with my hands to keep my fingers moving, or um, I have problems with my lungs. So they gave me a spirometer to to breathe in and, and do lung exercises. Very important for me. Now, does everybody need to do lung exercises with a machine? Probably not. But breathing healthy, getting the proper oxygen in, not just breathing one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, but concentrate on your breathing and get the oxygen in, let it soak through your body, let the carbon monoxide back out. That is a tool that people can use. Vitamins, part of the pharmacogenomics testing, which some patients get in, in their yearly physical. Hey doctor, when you're doing my testing, when you get that blood test, see, do I need vitamin D or E or A or, you know, what have you, what is my body missing that I need in asking yourself those questions and then testing your boundaries physically to see where you are and and set goals for yourself. That's again, another tool. Setting goals is so important. Um, And then if you do have a chronic illness, learn about it, know what to expect and what might happen to you. Not that you manifest that to happen, but that you can plan and prepare that those things don't get as bad as they actually could because you planned and prepared and set up a network of people around you, whether it's your family, family members or your care providers, whoever it is in your life to get the care and the help that you need so you can live your best life so that you can then go out and help society and help other people is what your goal should be. Uh There's a whole bunch I just threw. Yeah. Associations are huge. Like imagine if someone is just like going it alone and they're like, okay, well, what the heck am I supposed to do? I'm like struggling every single day. And if they don't have a something to look forward to, you know, and a goal. Okay. Well, my goal is to walk every day. Maybe it's 15 minutes. If you walk 15 minutes, that is incredible because your body is a pump system. And when we understand that our body is literally just a giant pump system, if we're walking, we're circulating the pump, right? But if it's just sitting there, it's not doing anything and it's going to- It's working harder. Yeah. It's working harder and your muscles are going to atrophy. I mm-hmm. thought of the word. It's atrophy. Atrophy. Yes, absolutely. And that's, I live with reflex sympathetic dystrophy and uh, loss of muscle and bone atrophy is one of the symptoms of the condition. So um, I have lost muscle and bone and I, I'm what they consider skinny fat. So even though I'm within the normal range, my body is still not with weight wise, body fat wise. I'm in the obese category. What? It's like how much? Yes. 
<laughs> how much or weight and they have machines that can test for for body fat versus weight and how much more weight can i lose when i'm already in the normal range for my body because my body fat is so high well one of the things is walking and moving and circulating the blood through which can help feed the muscles which muscles weigh more than fat but they, those muscles are what keeps us moving agile and slowing down the atrophy that that may come with your condition like it does with mine well and i think it's so important to understand that everyone's dealing with something different. Yes. We need to be patient and caring to everyone around us because we don't know what they're going through. And we can assume we know what they're going through because (laughs) of what we're going through, but it could be 10 times worse. It could be completely different. And it could go through cycles where sometimes you're doing better than that person. And it's uh, so hard to compare. You should compare yourself to yourself, not to other patients, even your twin. If you have a twin sibling and you both have this condition, what you need is going to be different. And so don't just go, oh, it helps. It helped my twin. It should help me. It doesn't work that way. Find what works for you. And it's going to take trial and errors and testing your boundaries and not getting stuck in the same system over and over and over again. Find out there's new things coming down the pipeline all the time. Patients that I talk to when I do mentoring will say, I've tried everything. So I'm like, all right, let me get my list out. And I have over a hundred things on my list. And they're like, okay, well, I haven't tried everything. It proves the point. There's constantly new ideas, treatments. There's like 10 new genetic tests coming out every single week across the world. So there's constantly new research, treatments, tools, find out what's coming down, what's coming out and talk to people and, and find out what could help you. And even if something's been helping you for five years, something better could come out that could take your pain from the first thing took your pain from a level nine to a level five. This other thing could work in conjunction and bring you down to a one, two, or even a zero, but it's going to take you to try new things and press those boundaries to see what is helpful for you. Exactly. Well, my physio, she's like, okay, we're treating your ankle. Cause I twisted my ankle in 2017. Yeah, actually. So I don't, that's going to affect chain react other parts of your body. So exactly. So here's what's happening. I was wearing high heels and I went to a Halloween party in Edmonton. I fell off a curb, right? Twisted my ankle off this curb, probably broke it, right? Probably snapped a tendon or something, but never actually got it treated. Cause I was like, well, well, whatever, no big deal. Well, fast forward five years, you know? And then I'm like, oh, well, four years, I guess it's been, Yeah. uh, my physio has been working on it for two years now. And she's like, like you were saying earlier, what are you doing between your appointments? Are you doing those stretches? Are you doing that balance board? And I was like, dang it. I didn't buy a balance board yet. I assumed it was going to be really expensive. It was $40. You know, I was like, oh, I'm just making excuses for myself because I don't want to do these things because they hurt. Right. So it's interesting to see how we make excuses for ourselves because something is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And yet that's the one thing that's going to help us get through that pain, maybe hopefully, you know, but we, we tend to slow ourselves down or self-sabotage in those moments because we're like, it hurts. I don't want to do this. Right. Well, and I find when my pain is the worst, I can't even think like, what options do I have? And that's why practicing, knowing ahead of time, being planned and prepared, having the education, teaching our youth about what it's like to grow up with chronic pain and that these little dings that we get along the way that we think, oh, it's a sprained ankle. If I went back, I was a coach at a university for eight years before I got sick. And if I could go back and coach again, I would do it totally differently because the dings matter and the, the sprained ankle, tape it up, get back out there. No, nope. We address it. We fix it. We make sure that you're full strength again before 
before we put you back out on the field. And, you know, you might miss a game or two. I'm really sorry about that, but it's for your future. I would totally go back and do it different. And I wouldn't, the pressure that my coaches put on me, I put on to my student athletes and I would not have kept that going. I would have broken the cycle. And I, if you're listening now and you are in a situation where you're telling people push through this and don't go correct it and fix it before you keep going, you know, whether you're moving houses or moving furniture for people as a living or your athlete on, on some professional level or coaching a, a team of peewee cheerleaders, find a way to pay attention to the small dings to your bodies and make sure that you're addressing those and taking care of those, doing proper stretching prior to an activity, getting the blood flow going before you stretch and, and, and that type of thing is really important when you actually have an injury, that the injury isn't as bad as it could have gotten because you took those precautions. So I have another great story that okay. <laughs> lines up really well with that. So um, I ran into my rugby coach and she's like, Elena, are you going to play rugby with us this season? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> solid no. And she's like, oh man, how come? And I was like, because I tore my LCL. Like I can't run anymore. My physio gets mad and I hyperextend. So I have, I will hurt myself again. Right. And yeah. I'm like, why would I want to do that? I don't uh, want to do that. And it's so funny because it's okay. Well, can you? play you know and I'm like no no I can't no but they put that pressure on you the, the the coaches like that is how society builds their teams and their momentum they try to get you to be a human doer through guilt yeah. I take that guilt and I put it aside I'm like nope I'm not going even if I don't say it out loud like right now you're putting a lot of guilt on me to join this team and do this thing that I have to say no to I, and I'll just do a reaction where I just take the guilt off my chest and drop it away from me even if I don't verbal say it, I will just physically drop that guilt off of me, away from me and not accept the guilt. And that's what we do in society. And that's why if I went back and coached, I would coach differently because I put that guilt on people. Oh, it's just a torn rotator cuff. Come on. Yeah. Oh, 10 years from now. <laughs> right. And exactly. And then I hear from my student athletes that I coached and they're like, coach, oh man, my shoulder's giving me so much trouble. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I had known we, we would have done it totally different. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And again, it goes back to educating from youth so that when you do need that tree of knowledge, it's there. And especially when you need it, because like I was saying, a lot of times you're in so much pain, you can't even think about all the tools in your toolbox. Yeah. But if they're right there in your oasis, if, if you're looking at it, if your people in your life, your caregivers in your life can see, oh yeah, um, you have a headache. This is what you do for headaches. You know, massage this here, do a tapping exercise, take this medication, whatever it is that, that you use to help you through your headaches, it can help you live more life it, to have those things in place, but you have to set the expectations, create your oasis, be knowledgeable of your condition and test your boundaries and drink water. Drink so much water. So much. The day that I hurt my knee, I knew instantly that I did something to it, but I didn't think anything of it. You know, I was like, okay, well maybe I'll go. And well, it swelled like three times the size that day. And I was like, well, definitely screwed it up pretty bad then. And so I went to the pool because I was like, okay, I just got to move it or else it's just going to seize. And I feel that, that it's starting to seize and I couldn't really walk. So Mm -hmm. I went and I did hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, because my mom was a nurse's aide. My 
whole life. And right. I know that if you have an injury and it's swelling, heat mixed with cold. So yes. I would literally just like walk into the- This is especially important right at the beginning of the injury. And what that helps do, it, it triggers your body's chemical reaction to put in the chemicals that um, heal. And then and then it also triggers it to take away the, those chemicals. Because after you're healed, those chemicals are supposed to, your body's supposed to trigger a reaction to take those chemicals back out of, away from that area so that your brain knows that it's healed. With chronic pain, that doesn't always happen. And those chemicals get stuck there and create a pathway to your brain saying something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. And, you know, then then we protect and we guard and, and it, it continues that cycle. Oh, that like gives me, <laughs> it gives me anxiety just thinking about that. I'm like, oh, it's so true yeah. though. Right. People are struggling every single day and yeah, they might have a few tools that are working, but if yeah. it stops working or like you have to keep pushing yourself and it's just so, so, so hard to stay motivated, it's, it can be a huge challenge if you don't have those goals like you were talking about, because it's like, okay, I don't want to sit here and go, all right, mom, I don't want you to die. Like clearly because you have a bad neck, you know, but right. yes, you live with pain every single day, but what are you doing about it? Right. And how consistent are you being about that thing? Right. And then I go and I check myself and I'm like, dang it, no balance board. And I've been treating for two years. Right. But I'll only do balance board when I'm in the physio's office. And I'm like, Elena, stop it. You're not doing yep. the right thing. Like you're not leading by example. And how do you expect you, other people to do this? If you're when you go to physical therapy or even cognitive therapy, mental health, you have to, they teach you the tools there, but you have to take those tools. It's not meant for you to go to physiotherapy forever just to use their tools. Right. And there's a cost to that, to go to physiotherapy or yeah. mental health counseling. They're there to teach you tools for you to incorporate into your life so that you can live more life and live a better life. And so when she's like, go get that balance board or go get those arm stretchy bands or whatever it is that they're saying, these are the exercises you should be doing. Okay, great. How many days a week should I be doing this? How much time should I be dedicating to this? And doing those at home on your own or at the local park or wherever you want to go to do them, it shouldn't be at the physiotherapist's office for the rest of your life to get this tool in your life. You should take that, adapt it. You know, um, sometimes they had me like picking up stuff and moving it. And I was like, oh, wow. Like this is kind of reminds me of like when the action I do to make a puzzle. And so they ordered me go home and buy a, pu a puzzle. And I bought an impossible puzzle that had no edges and made it a little bit harder. But I used the puzzle pieces for therapy to move my arm back and forth with the puzzle pieces and slide it around and, and move all those puzzle pieces as physical therapy. So I was like building a puzzle, which is helping my brain and keeping my brain active. At the same time, I was doing my physiotherapy and, and moving those pieces around. And it was action. It was moving. It wasn't too much for me in that moment. So being creative and, and using what you learn there to help your daily life. Yeah, that's so good. So if someone is feeling really low or like they're not motivated to go and do all of the things that they're being told to do, what are some of the, you know, comments that you could help them get, get up and just do it. Yeah. <laughs> I would say use post-it notes. One of the best things is for me, I have post-it notes all around me right now, uh, but I, I put up post-it notes and then I go back and check the post-it notes as reminders and Hey, yeah, it's going to take me five seconds to do what's on this post-it note. I can do that. I can take one minute and do some breathing exercises 
exercises and use those notes to remind you. But one of the tools that I learned at counseling is one of my favorites and it's called I Am. And reminding yourself of the positives in your life and the things that you do that are good. And um, for me, it was a process to get my I Am's going. And once I I understood the I Am's, I am positive, I am productive, I am, you know, creative, I am a writer, I am a choreographer. Like I just put all my I Am's onto a piece of paper. The first few days I got zero on my paper because I felt like I was, I lost everything. And, or I felt like I was a liar or an imposter trying to write down this I am. Well, I was that, but I can't do it right in this moment. You know, I can't feel happy right now because I feel sad. Well, you can actually be both at the same time. And sometimes you're going to have a little more sadness. Sometimes you're going to have some more happiness, but realizing that there's a scale and you are all of those things, but focus on the positives and put them onto a list. And when you're having those down times, go back to your list and read the things. And for almost 20 years now, I've been keeping my list. I have over 150 IMs on my list now. And when I'm having that depressed moment and that sadness, I go back and read my IMs and remind myself, I am all these things. Maybe in this moment, I'm not able to show somebody else that I am creative, but I am creative. And so I can sit here in bed and come up with a rap in my head, or I can, you know, (laughs) (laughs) right? I I can um, happy, healthy, free, happy, healthy, wealthy, free. That's, that's my four happy, healthy, wealthy, free. And uh, beautiful. If I tell myself that I'm like, yeah, okay. Today I want to be happy. What am I doing to be happy today? I want to be healthy. What am I doing to be healthy today? I want to be wealthy. What do I want to do to be healthy and wealthy? And you can even put it into moments and have all three or four of those things all in the same day. What? You know, it it doesn't have to be like today. I have this one thing to focus on. If you feel overwhelmed, focus on the one thing. If you feel like you can multitask today, break it into moments. For me, time changed into moments instead of like a 24 hour clock. I live life by the moment. And this is what I'm doing in this moment. And let me make it the best it can be, the best moment it can be for me. And the next moment might be a more challenging moment. It might be an easier moment, but it's a moment and it will pass if it is challenging. It will also pass if it's great. But you know what? There will be more moments and I keep going and the game's not over till we pass away. So keep playing the game of life. Uh Keep going and be a doer. Yeah, don't give up on yourself. And the smallest hope can get you through when you're ready to give up. Remember that when you have a glass of water, it's not half full or half empty. The part you can't see is your hope. Sometimes it's filled, it's filled with all these other things. And there's just a little bit of air at the top of your cup. That's your hope. You still have hope in there. Use that hope to get you through. And sometimes you have a lot of hope because there's not a lot of challenges in front of you. So your cup looks emptier, but your hope is higher. Your happiness is higher. Your ability to do things is higher and recognize that you have this positivity, this hope, this happiness right there in your cup. And it's always there, always there. It's just the part you can't see. Well, and I have a concept um, that I like to think about sometimes. And when I'm struggling or I'm in pain or something, I tell myself that pain is fear leaving my body because if I'm in pain, it means that I'm doing something productive that's getting me towards my goals. And then I'm going to build that confidence in myself that no, I do what I say I'm going to do. And when 
when I say I'm going to take care of something like my body, I'm going to do it. Right. And then the fear of, oh my goodness, what's going to happen if I got to reschedule? Oh no, no, it happens. That stress. Right. And then it just kind of clears everything else out. It's like, okay, no, I can take care of me. I have to take care of me first and everything else comes after. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why like, if somebody's putting guilt on me, I will just take it and drop it away. If I have anxiety, so it's coming from inside of me, I will rub my hands together and then push it out to the, get it all into a ball and push it out and give it to the universe and say, okay, you take care of that anxiety. I am okay. This is me. Yeah. I don't need to feel that, (laughs) you know, you don't have to stay in that moment either. I like (laughs) to run what I call mini days. So if I have my first portion of the morning, I do my reading. So some sort of personal development, some sort of exercise. I usually walk my dog and some me time. So like I do some meditation and, you know, cook myself breakfast and take care of me, have a coffee, (laughs) drink some water. Um, But then I also do something for my business. So maybe I'm, you know, calling one of my teammates or checking my emails or something like that. And then if I've done all that, then I've taken care of myself in the morning because then halfway through my day, it's a little bit harder to control. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to do my best to do everything I can in the middle of the day, but I know that I'm going to bookend at least, right? Bookend my day. So in the evening, I'm going to do my journaling. I'm going to, again, reflect on how I did that day, what emotions I felt that maybe came up that I was like, oh, I need to work on that or whatever it is. But I also really, really, really love tracking. So you were saying the post-it notes. I used to do that. I read this book. It was called (laughs) Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways by Susan Jeffers. And uh, man, I wish I got, I wish I got props every time I referred that book to someone. Someone, but um, it's one of the first books that I read post high school that I was like, oh, because it was okay, set yourself reminders. So when I'm going to the fridge to go eat a cookie or ice cream or whatever, I would say I am confident, I am healthy, right? And I put post it notes. So I'd yes. be like, oh, I love my body, right? Something like that. I'd yes. stick that on my fridge. I love Beautiful. my body. Well, I'm probably not going to eat the ice cream, right? You know, or on my yeah. mirror, I'd say or- I'm loved so that when I'm looking in the mirror at myself, I'm yeah. sitting there going, I do love myself and I do deserve good things, you know, cause I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. And once in a while, it's okay to, to eat a bite of ice cream, Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, but I agree with you. I, I will go, what's the purpose? Like, am I eating this? Cause I'm scared or have fearful or nervous or w- like, why am I doing this? And, um, and you know, putting, putting it into writing and seeing it, verbalizing it, having the thought process. Okay. What's the purpose? Is this going to help me? Is this going to get me to my goals? Is it going to help me help other people? Yeah. Asking yourself these things will make you take pause of, do I really need this cookie? Or it's, hey, it's my birthday. I'm going to celebrate by eating three ounces of cake or whatever, you know, it is for your limit. And and knowing, okay, this is a choice that I'm making and being okay with the choice you make. You know, I, I mentor a lot of patients and I have patients go, Oh, well, I mean, I can't even take care of myself and da, 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 da. And they're like, but my neighbor came by and said they needed help with X, Y, Z. So I'm going to go help them move their bookcase. And I'm like, and they're complaining about not being able to do stuff for themselves. Yet they're going to go help the neighbor move a bookcase. Like, no, literally, you just told me you couldn't do these things for yourself. Why are you, why do you feel the need? Well, you got to help the neighbor. No, you have to help yourself. And then if you have something left over, you help the neighbor. You know, it could be, hey, 
I can't, I can't help you today, but Jeffrey lives five doors down and, and, you know, he looks pretty buff. See if he's having, having enough energy today to, to help you out or, okay, I can't help you today. I really want to, I've got to take care of myself, but I can help you tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon and plan and prepare so that you can help the person. Just like if you're on a plane, you have to put your own oxygen on before you help the people around you. You know what they, that oxygen is tethered. You put the oxygen on and you're in your seat and you can only help the people around you that you can help put their, you can't go five rows up to help that person. No, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to put your oxygen on so that you can survive. And then once it's safe, you can help other people. You can help the people around you, but you have to take care of yourself first. And that, you know, has to happen. That's everything. And, And it's a choice. If you tell me you can't do anything and then you spend all your energy pennies helping all these other people to not your best ability, and then you complain about it, that I will throw back in. I will say that was your choice. You got to help them. That's how you chose to spend your energy. If you didn't have the energy, take time for yourself until you are able to help them. And sometimes it takes longer than you want to or expect, or sometimes you're not able to help them besides giving them a referral to somebody else. That's help. Recognize that that's still helping. Yes. Taking care of yourself is helping other people. Yes. You're inspiring other people to do the work as well. Exactly. Big time. Beautiful. I heard an analogy, not an analogy, but like a story the other day that really stuck with me that I think goes really well with this. So if I picture it, I'm sorry, but so I was in a call with Rich Thali, who's one of the co-founders of my company. And uh, I was like, just sitting here listening. And he goes, okay, so everyone here, there was 75 or 80 people on the call. And he said, if I gave every single one of you a million dollars, would you be happy? And everyone was like, yeah, I'll take a million bucks, right? No worries. And then he said, what if I told you that I'd give you $10 million but you can't get up tomorrow. Like you, you die. I'll give you $10 million, but you're not allowed to live tomorrow. And he was like, think about that for a second. No one would take that deal. He said, so when you get up tomorrow, understand that you're worth more than $10 million because that's how you think of yourself. Am I worth more than dying? Yes. Yes. Right. You don't have to stay in bed. You yep. can do it. <laughs> you know. I love that. Oh. Yeah. And that really makes you have a value yeah. or, or see your value. Yes. And a lot of people undervalue themselves. You know, I, oh, I'm not good enough. I thought my, I grew up with a learning disability and I thought I'd never publish a book. I never thought I, well, my print elementary school principal told me I wouldn't graduate high school. Oh. Don't even think about college. Dream stealers. So, don't listen to them. <laughs> right. And, and I was actually the first out of four siblings. I was the first to graduate in four years. Wow. I was the only one to graduate in four years. Um, the rest took longer than four years. And, you know, had I listened to that principle, I would have set a boundary and not known that I was more than I thought I was, mm. that I could do more. Same thing, writing a book. I never in a million years, it's like hard to read a book for me, especially like ask me to read it out loud. They, they, my siblings were like, you have to read this Bible passage at my mom's funeral. And I was like, I don't want to get up and read in front of people because I stutter and I, I can't read. I have to like talk. I can talk from my soul. I can talk from my mind on knowledge, but I reading something to the camera or to the audience is very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. And I mix up the words and I didn't want to get up there and do that. I've published nine books. Here I am all these years later, I published nine books and some of them are bestsellers. And it's the most amazing thing to accomplish something that even the, the people around you who are supposed to be helping you and guiding you tell you you can't do don't listen to them test your boundaries for yourself so one of my business coaches andy frisella his intro is very 
mm, controversial, let's say, because he had a similar story. So he had a guy write him a song and it's like, told my teacher, dumb bitch, I'm going to get millions, you know, (laughs) in the projects live in spoken to existence. And it's so crazy to think that people just try and tell you, what are you thinking? Like, what do you mean you're going to go and do this? That's for the cream of the crop. And I'm like, like, no, I can go do whatever I set my mind to because that's the kind of person that I am. But there's a lot of people out there that listen to those feelers. Yes. Don't stop. Keep going. One of my mentors and friends is Paula Abdul. And she taught, she's a dancer, choreographer, TV personality. She taught me that no is the beginning of a negotiation. Yeah. And so when somebody tells you, no, you can't do that. No, you shouldn't do that. No, you have to decide for yourself and negotiate. What do I have to do to accomplish this goal? I want to keep going and negotiate to get it to happen. It might be that the person in front of you that you're trying to get them to do this thing isn't your person. They're not supposed to be the person that does it with you. They already said no. You can try to negotiate with them or you can move on and negotiate with with the people who will help you accomplish your goals and, and get done what you need to get done. But if you just stop because somebody else tells you to stop without any negotiation, realize that 80% of the people including in the healthcare field, tell you no. Your insurance might tell you no. Your doctor might tell you no. Why are they saying no? Is it because they can't do, that doctor doesn't have the skill to offer you what you're wanting to try? Is it because insurance is trying to save money? 80% of the people will not keep going past that no. And they're counting on them to stop. No takes the guilt off the other person instead of giving nobody guilt and letting, I can't help you, but I wish you luck. How, but how about just twisting it around and saying that? But they legitimately, it's a no for them, but that doesn't mean it's a no for you. Keep going, find a way to negotiate to get done what you need to accomplish. Well, and stop negotiating with yourself. Like just don't negotiate (laughs) with yourself, force yourself to do the things that you know are going to be good. Find a way. I love having a checklist for myself. Like, okay, I'm going to check off that I did my stretches today, or I did my 30 seconds of balance board because it takes 30 seconds, you know, like. And celebrate those as wins as you check them off. Like my husband, husband runs his own company that, that does genetic testing. And um, every time he'll come and be like, oh, I, I just helped another patient. And I'll, I'll go like, you know, do a little dance for him. And that's like a celebration. It's a check. Like I helped somebody check. I got out of bed and did my own physical therapy this morning. Check. Do a dance for yourself. Can't physically do it because you're like, oh, I don't dance. Dance in your heart. Let that celebration happen. Give yourself 10 seconds to celebrate that moment <laughs> and be like, woohoo, I did it. And then go on to your next item and, and see what else you can check off. Yeah, and if it just can't be checked off, break it into smaller parts. So when I say negotiate with yourself, I don't mean say no to yourself. I mean, find another way to do it. There's a million ways to accomplish one thing. Find another way. So don't true. negotiate it out of your life. Negotiate it to have happen. Find the steps. How do I break this down? Who do I need? What tools do I need to get it, get, get whatever it is into your life to live the best life? Well, that goes into business as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Exact same, exact same thing. Like if you're yes. going, okay, how do I get to the next level in my business? How yep. do I break these records? How do I hit this target uh, when it comes to building my company, for instance? And a lot of people just like don't even set targets for themselves and they don't know what they want their business to look like in five or 10 
10 years. And I'm like, how do you expect to get somewhere if you don't know where you're going? And it's the same right? with our health. If you have, have to plan, plan around it. Every else. aspect of your life. And even if you're, if you're living your dream life and it's, it's working for somebody else's business. Great. Right. What goals do you have to move up, to accomplish, to learn? Maybe I just want a nine to five job. I go, I get my work done. I come home and that's when I get to be creative and explore and live more and do more. Be a doer. I, I know that's a theme here, but be a doer in life. It doesn't, your job becomes your means to have the roof over your head and the food, but then you have all this other time. How are you dividing it up? Make a plan. What do you want to do with that? And find another way to keep going. I have so many people that tell me I just don't have time, Elena. I don't have time. And they don't have want. They don't (laughs) have want to spend their time. Yeah. (laughs) I have uh, my favorite saying is busy people get shit done. Right. So when people tell me that they're busy all the time, I'm like, that's okay. Cause busy people get shit done, you know? And like, I would just challenge them to go out and do that thing for themselves because you you never know who's watching. a, A good story for analogy for that. I, again, I have a learning disability. I was going through college. I'm a C student. I'm trying my hard but I'm only getting C's. And my final semester, I had to take 21 credit hours. I had only taken 15 per semester. My, I needed 21 because one of the classes that I needed um, wasn't available. So I negotiated and said, if I take this master level class, can it count towards the class that is not being offered this semester? So I can graduate on time. On top of that, I'm going to push myself and do 21 credit hours. And that was the only semester I got a 4.0. Nice. I, I stacked myself and I said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, even if I get a C, I passed, right? So I'm going to do this and I'm going to give myself extra to do. And I, I have my goal of graduating on time. It's going to take 21 credit hours to do that and a master level class in neuropsychology. And I got an A. And I got an A in every other class that semester because exactly. I was organized. I paid attention. I filled my schedule. I time prepared. I physically prepared. I mentally prepared and I went for it and it was successful. It was the most successful that I was. Life is not about existing. It's about no. making it happen. Yes. And if Being we're not a doer. Living. Yeah. If we're yes. not living our life and we're not strategic with our time, time is going to disappear. And then we're going to wonder where it went. Are you fulfilling your purpose? Most people, all of us have a purpose for being here on earth. Figure out what your purpose is. I knew mine from an early age. Some people don't find out until they're 40. Once you know your purpose, work and accomplish towards your purpose in many different ways and creative. How can I accomplish this and work at it and accomplish it? You you can do it. You mm-hmm. just have to be a doer. Yeah. That's why I started Pursuit of Relentless podcast, because it's about being a catalyst to yeah. other people's success. And I've had so many people go, oh, Lena, you're a financial advisor. Like, why wouldn't you do a finance podcast? And I'm like, because that doesn't interest me at all. Right. <laughs> like, I can and- talk about finance all day long. But what makes my heart happy mm-hmm. is watching other people succeed, right? Watching other people yes. learn and grow. And I learned that from my mom, right? She's a caregiver. And it's just like learning to go, okay, where am I at right now? And how can I help someone else get to where they want to be? And normally that is, you know, going to help them, but you don't think about how much your influence, your happiness, your energy is impacting them as well. So if we take care of ourselves first and make sure that our energy is good, we're feeling good. You know, if you're having a bad day, you're taking a rest or you're having a bath or whatever it is for you that works, you're doing your stretches. When you're your best self, you're able to give so 
much more to other people. And I think people just don't understand that. It's like, okay, I'm just having a bad day. Okay, well, take a day for yourself. Exactly. Or a moment or whatever it is. Do what you need to do and then help others. Yeah. And it's going to be different for everybody. And what you can offer to help other people with is going to be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Understanding and realizing that you're not trying to live up to the person down the street or in your mind that you want to emulate. You have to live up to yourself Uh first foremost and and most importantly. Yeah, I agree. Oh, this has been so good. Um, I definitely want people to get more access to you and your content and your charity work. Um, So where can people find you? You can find me at barbieingle.com, which is my name. And if you need help with chronic pain of any tort, any sort, physical, mental, or spiritual, you can contact uh, International Pain Foundation at internationalpain.org. Wow. Amazing. Do you have social media? Yes. uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn is the social media for myself and for the foundation. Cool. All right. Well, I got so much out of that. I loved, loved, loved today. And I know that all of my listeners are going to get a ton of value out of that to apply not only to their fitness and their health, um, but also to their business as well. There was lots of good nuggets in there when it comes to business content too. So it's- Yes, I do that too. Mindsets and helping you be your best self, right? Absolutely. And and I would like to ask your listeners, if you love Elena like I do, and you like Pursuit of Relentless podcast as much as I do, go ahead and give her a five-star rating. Let your friends and family know about this podcast by sharing it on your social networks and really boosts up her podcast so that it can grow and grow and grow and keep helping people along the way. Thank you. <laughs> I can't do that for myself. Like the shameless plug, like, please share. <laughs> no, it, this is important. Don't just share my episode. I'm going to share other episodes. I want you, your listeners to do the same thing. That's a way we can pay you back for the nuggets of life and, and love and hope and and energy that you are putting into our life by having all these amazing guests on and sharing all these tidbits of help and hope and tools that we can all live with. Oh, thank you so much, Barbie. I really do appreciate your time. I loved today. And seriously, I'm going to go out and be a human doer today. It's going to be all right. (laughs) All right. That's it for today, guys. Signing out. This is Pursuit of Relentless podcast. See you next time.